Hi guys, it's me Paula and I pray and today I have a new podcast, a new message for you. So welcome to my podcast and I just want to pray for you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for everyone on this podcast that they open their hearts and their minds and that they hear your voice, Lord. They hear your admonishment, your teaching and your encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of this message really today is False Love. What is false love? And it's talking about spoiling your children. So I'm I'm going to talk not just about being a child of God, we're children of God, but if you're raising children or grandchildren, this message is for you. Or you're a wannabe or to-be mother. The Bible is really, really clear in Ephesians chapter 6, 4, that We're to first love our children because children, grandchildren, they're a blessing from the Lord. They're a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And the Bible then also tells us that we are to train up our children in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. So let's say that you are on your road right now to raising your children, but you're you're going to need some help, right? The Word of God gives us that help. And in Psalms 127.3, it says the fruit of the womb is a reward. So you're rewarded if you have children or grandchildren. And we are in 2 Timothy 3.16 to train train up in righteousness and right living. You know, Paul was a spiritual father to his spiritual son, Timothy. And he gives Timothy some um, beautiful warnings in... um, Philippians chapter 4, he tells him to rejoice always in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And again, we're speaking now when you have worry or fear regarding your children. And this is the world we live in today in the end times. It's very tempting to worry. And your kids may be grown, but you still have a responsibility and accountability. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident. He says, do nothing with anxiousness or fear or worry. Finally, he said, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, anything, uh, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, Paul was speaking now to the church, he's saying, or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So I think that's really the key is looking at scripture and a biblical parenting model would be um, discipling your children according to God's word. So we've got to make sure that we look at the whole counsel of the word of God, not just part of what we want to hear, the good parts, but we do have to look up this part as well, which is Ephesians 6, 4, which means the children to bring them up in the fear and admonishment of the Lord, to nurture them. But admonishment is to, I want you to hear this, admonishing your children is to warn them, to reprimand them firmly, okay? And to advise them earnestly to do the right thing. So a admonishment 
is not just a bit of a little bit of correction. It is actually saying no, a no to them. No, you can't do that. There are boundaries and things. So the false love is a spoiled child. And what I mean by spoil, if you know, if you've ever put a thing in the refrigerator and it got spoiled, has a horrible smell, right? And it tastes horrible. A spoiled child is a child that has their character has been harmed because their parents are too lenient with them, are too self-indulgent. So when you are spoiling children, you're actually pampering them. That's false love. That's not true love. And you damage or you mar their character. Okay. So, for example, I taught school and I was around a lot of kids. And I know how difficult it is to be a parent and to be a teacher on both sides. But when you allow children to um, throw fits, uh, spoil them, you give them everything they want, there's a name for that. It's called spoiled brat. Sorry, that's a derogatory statement. I realize that. But it's ruining and destroying them by giving your child everything they want. So then they became, become behavioral problems because their, their overly indulgent parent destroys them. And then later on we find out, and I'm not a psychologist, but people grow up with these spoiled um, attitudes and they actually can have all kinds of narcissistic disorders, grandiose ideas, and an excessive interest in themselves, in their physical appearance. We see that today in youth. Um, they can be extremely selfish, extremely self-centered, extremely self-absorbed. And what else they do is they actually are, they have fantasies and they have unrealistic goals. So if, you, if, you're, if you're fantasizing where Paul just told us that whatsoever things are good and pure and lovely and right and admirable and praiseworthy, we're to learn and receive and think on those things, we're not to be anxious should follow that because if you're not thinking on the Lord or the word of God, this whole world, this we're not to love this world or the things of this world it will get on the inside of you. It will cause worry. Just listening to the news, you know, anything in uh, social media or mass media, it just is negative. Okay. So you don't want to focus on that. It'll destroy your personality. But now we're dealing with the parents who have ruined and destroyed their children through overly indulgent indulgence and this disorder is is really terrible because um these children grow up and they have they need they're delusional they have they need constant affirmation they need uh to be admired they need to have words that affirm them i mean they're jealous they're controlling they exploit others they have no shame they have no guilt i know this is negative but you know this personality well, a grand, when you think of grandiose personality, what I think of someone who is self-impressed with themselves, you know, and they may be leaders. I mean, they may be people who have run to the top and, and they, they have a very outgoing personality even, but they can be very pompous. And also they have an unrealistic sense of superiority. You know, sometimes they think they're, they're inflated with self selfishness. They're overly confident. And you know, what's odd about this? I was reading about people with grandiose personalities and it says as adults, they never learn from their mistakes, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, so they have a tendency then to a dark side. And they use the word dark side, meaning in their character development, they're very unethical. They'll do things that are unethical and are immoral even. So just for a warning, um, we have to set up boundaries. I was with someone and, 
and I noticed that the parent did not set a boundary between uh, this is the adult time that the adults are talking and you need to sit down and be quiet and you don't need to be in the room with us right now because we're discussing things that children don't need to hear kind of thing. Now you would think the parent would have set that boundary up, but they didn't. And the whole time the parent was worried about the child being you know, sitting off coloring by themselves and they weren't in the room. And I was thinking, now you have eye, you can see your child and we're having an adult conversation. That should not be, that child should not be interrupting you and they shouldn't have to hear what we're talking about. That's just common sense. But this parent did not know that. So set a boundary and it's called respect because if not, you're lenient and you're overly indulgent, you're pampering that child. They will not grow up with a very compassionate or helpful, kind-hearted thought life. You know, they're not generous. They don't express gratitude. In fact, children that have been pampered like that, one of the characteristics, if you note this, is they whine. They're whiners. Have you been around a whiny, cry child? It just is amazing. It's so annoying, isn't it? They don't have a happy heart because they haven't been told, no, you can't do that because they've been given everything they wanted, okay? So when you love your child, you have faith in God. You want to raise them up to be disciples of Christ. You know, you have to teach them, train them. It says train them up. You have to teach them. You have to admonish them. There's, it's work, isn't it, to be a parent or a grandparent? And you have to teach them because what they have found out is that these children that have been pampered and spoiled, they allow their emotions to regulate. You know, they don't regulate their emotions. They allow their emotions to control them and they throw fits. And they are expecting then you to fix everything for them, which again is unrealistic. And they want more. They're very selfish. They whine. And actually, what's interesting is they have a sort of a self-hatred. They loathe themselves. So when you actually are giving in to your child and giving them more and more and more and more attention, you're thinking, wow, they're going to grow up and they're going to feel very confident. But actually, it has a reverse effect because it's not godly parenting. Children can even become overly anxious and they're not at peace. And so when a child has a healthy sense of who they are, it means the parent has loved them enough to tell them the truth. And that means they know their strength, you know their strengths, and you, you, you expound on this, you know, you talk about their strength, right? Oh, you're, you're doing well in this or that, you know, and you're doing amazing in this. But you also know they have some weaknesses. And you want them to recognize that so that you can work on it. But, you know, again, this is age appropriate you know, for their age, but you, you don't want them to um, ignore it, push it down, or blame others. For example, if they play a game and they don't win the game, all right, are they, they're, they're poor losers, are they bad sports, or they don't like it when someone has something that they don't have, it's called selfishness. But in children, when you notice that, it's very disturbing because they need to have a healthy sense of, well, you didn't win the game because this other person, we should be applauding them because they did very well what they, what, what they won, you know, and be happy for them. So they can, children can, that are overly pampered, they can become very manipulative and they can 
be angry and pout, slam doors, throw fits. Now, when they're tiny and they're little, you won't see that, but you'll start seeing that behavior. I'm sorry to warn you. It's like ah, the age of like now I want to say 10 before I would have said 12, but 10 to 14, it's just a really rocky road there. And you're going to, you'd see some of those behavioral problems coming up there because you were thinking, oh, I don't want to suppress their emotions. I want to want to express himself. Listen, I'm not laughing at you. I'm an artist. I get that. But I know that it's wrong not to teach them to behave and they cannot speak, they cannot speak out of turn, or they can't ignore other people. If you find out children are ignoring and they're purposely being unkind or purposely, you know what I mean, being a little a little stinker, uh, you need to give them a real harsh warning, you know, that they need to be recognizing that's very naughty and that it hurts the Lord when they act that way. And it's sinning against God. So, you know, another thing that I've noticed in, in children who are rather spoiled is that they speak out of turn or they talk all the time constantly or they um, tell too much. Like they they tell things like, here, let me give you an example. Someone who has been spoiled or self-centered, grandiose personality or whatever even in a child, they, they have a high opinion of themselves or they think everybody should love them or like them, which we know people don't like everyone, right? That's reality, but they don't see that. They're blind to that. But they'll tell everything about themselves or, or even speak about things they shouldn't talk about. Um, it's kind of, you think, well, it's funny when they're four and they're saying that, you know, but when they're 12 and they're a blabbermouth or 14, it's not so fun, you know? So... Uh, having a, a point of view where they constantly or they need they constantly need attention. They keep interrupting you as an adult, or they don't respect their teachers. They think they need special attention or special privileges, and they don't care how inconvenient it is or hard, what what a hardship it is for you. They don't have any sense of interrupting you or making you go out of your way to get something for them. They're not grateful. They don't have a sense, a happy heart. Um, They don't act ashamed when they are guilty. Did you know, I heard this once and I wrote this down. I've studied the word of God now 40 years. It tells on my age. But, you know, when someone doesn't have a healthy sense actually of guilt, you know, there's something called good guilt. I say good guilt because it leads you towards repentance are very sorrowful for your sinfulness you know what you've done and that's a a healthy sense of shame and then you go to the Lord and he forgives you and uh, you receive the affirmation from him and his word that you're loved you're greatly loved and that we do make mistakes and uh, God forgives us and we don't need to keep dragging that dead thing up again and repeating it but once it's dealt with and sometimes you have to do more than that with some kids if they're strong-willed, the strong-willed child. But you need to do it because if you don't, if you just ignore it and you allow that and they're impolite, they insist on, on their own right, having their own way, they don't get what they want, they have a dramatic, hysterical, explosive attitude, that's something you need to watch. So boundaries are important and defying and rebellion, no. 
or lacking empathy or not being polite and and not playing well with others or not being helpful or not waiting their turn and not sharing. Those are things you can note, sharing, not being polite, not being helpful. And I know all of you out there is listening to this, you have perfect situations, I'm sure. Your kids are amazing. But there are some things that we need to look at because it's, it hurts the Lord. And I'm going to get to something that's even deeper that you will probably think, wow, where did that come from? But I was listening to a, a well-known minister and he was discussing the revelation God gave him. Jesus came to him and said, you need to prepare children for the future because there is going to be persecution. And, you know, when you say, oh, I've heard about the Antichrist or the one world government, I don't need to know that. Actually, you age appropriate now, not fearing children, but you need to teach them that there's going to be a mark called the mark of the beast. And if you don't take it, if you, ta- if you denounce Jesus Christ, you will uh, not go to heaven. And you need to make sure those children understand and teach them that to love the Lord, to be wholehearted towards Him and serve Him, to be loyal and faithful to Him, and and not to give in and not to denounce Jesus Christ and even have lessons and teachings around being faithful and loyal to the Lord and the rewards of serving the Lord. And so that might seem like, well, that's off the, off the rail there, off the cuff. Actually, not so much when you look at our world right now. So children need to understand there is something about prayer and fasting. So you can actually pray with them. You can say, tonight, you know, we're going to have a couple hours of prayer and you can set them up with their little prayer books and their little notes and their little iPad or whatever. And you can actually begin to pray out loud in the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit with them. And also lay hands on them to receive. If your children have not received, according to Acts chapter 2, the Bible says the blessing is for Peter preached this on the day of Pentecost for your children. This is the blessing, the Holy Spirit baptism that was prophesied by Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see vision in those days, visions. So you need to remember, children need to be spirit-filled. They need to be born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. You say, well, I believe in sprinkling and the baby is dedicated. Yes, we dedicate. Yes, we give, give our children to the Lord. We honor the Lord. Yes, we, 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 um, we believe in believers' baptism, not sprinkling, because sprinkling is just something they do in certain religious circles, but it doesn't really guarantee the child will come to Christ. So there are many religious practices, but they don't really change a child's heart because you must be born again, Jesus said in John chapter 3 to a very religious man that to be born again is to have a new a new creative heart a new creation in Christ Jesus where you know you have your old sin nature and you still live in this body but you get a new creative heart no one can change your nature but Christ alone though through his death burial and resurrection believing on the Lord Jesus Christ he will save you and he will give you a new heart actually take out that stony heart that cold heart again that heart that wants to sin and rebel and go its own way, give you a new heart in him. Important to set up boundaries and tell children that the parents, we get to set the boundaries, not you. You know, we set the boundaries. 
Um, so as adults, we're finding out that these children who grew up and been spoiled by their parents and have everything they want, we see a lot of that in the generation today that we're looking at. They don't have a healthy sense of who they are. They don't have a, um, a good sense of of priorities, of character, of love and joy and peace, patience and goodness and kindness. And they don't, they don't really show the world Christ because their parents haven't done that work either in them. And so a lot of kids grow up today without parents, and most of them do, and they've not been spiritually parented. So one of the things we can talk about is what happens later when you meet someone who grew up in that kind of atmosphere. Well, let me tell you, it's not pretty. Because adults who who are still haven't actually learned to grow up, they find out that adults who have been pampered and spoiled, which isn't love, they actually have not grown up. So what you can expect from them is they're not going to be helpful, they're not going to be faithful, they're not going to be loyal, they're going to be hard to get along with, they're going to be tremendously out for themselves, they're still going to have that narcissistic, manipulative attitude, and they're still going to be ungrateful. And although they may not rant, rave, and scream, and yell, and slam doors, they're still going to be not a good worker, not a good employee, not someone that's a good parent, not someone who's a good family member, not someone who's a good marriage partner, not someone who will be a good friend to you, or loyal, or faithful. See, that's what happens in society. When you don't do your job as a parent, and you don't parent them according to biblical parenting skills, these characteristics, they're not going to go away. Do you think they're just going to suddenly disappear? No. The child will still grow up with these disorders, and now they're adults. And, you know, a lot of these kids, it's really a shame because, you know, Christ loves us, and he wants us to come to him. And so I would recommend one thing. We all have a tendency as parents to worry, and that's something that, I think, to be honest, I've dealt with a lot and I want everyone to think about, but um, it's something that you have to deal with, and it it is a struggle. It is. So I would say the Holy Scripture is the way to go with that and go to where Paul is very clear about, you know, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. He gives instructions in the book of Ephesians you know, about um, Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Ephesians 5, 2, follow Christ and walk in love. Again, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Ephesians 6, 4, and um, 2 Timothy three sixteen 16 is to train up the children. And Jesus said in Matthew six thirty four, do not worry because each day has enough trouble of its own. We have enough trouble every day, so worry doesn't help us. You know, um, worry just makes it worse. But I like Deuteronomy 6, 6-7. I still remember the Lord giving me this scripture when I was young, a young parent. And he said, these words I command you, and they shall be on your heart, and you shall um, teach them diligently to your children. See that? You, speaking to you as a parent. You shall teach them to your children. He's, he expects parents to train up their children the way they should go. And why is that so important that you do that? Because you know there's 
everybody out there vying for your child and want to get at them and want to impose upon them the spirit that they believe for example in the harry potter movies and series you know they have a school of witches and they're telling the child you know what what character they should be when they grow up and and it sounds exciting well why is why was that the number one best-selling book of all time in the history why why do you think the spiritual hunger in those children was so they were so dry and dead inside because the church hasn't done their job they haven't risen up and they haven't told the word of god they haven't spoke the word to the children they haven't spoke the word of power of might and they have not helped the children to come into the sense of who they are in christ and that they have a destiny and a future in the lord and it is good to serve the lord to be faithful it is a protection over them and over their lives, and, and they can look forward to a life forever and ever in the world to come. You know, we're supposed to be pointing them towards the supernatural power of God. So what happens is they have a false sense of uh, spirituality in the world through New Age thought and philosophy, and it's impacted them through the literature and through all of our um, educational system. It's a wrong spirit, and they get these big lies they're told by the enemy. And uh, they think that they can dabble in witchcraft and white witchcraft. They can dabble in the occult and, and it's fun and they can do incantations. And this is all being taught, guys, by the, if you don't know this, this is out there. But where is the church teaching the power of the Holy Ghost, the Word of God, the power and healing, the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Why aren't you teaching that to your kids and your grandkids? See, they don't sense the power of God on you. It just sent you worrying and busy about this things of this world. You're not you're not about the father's business, you know. I I actually taught school and I and I have all these students in my mind right now. And I remember some of the kids that were really uh, difficult, although they might have been gifted. Even they didn't they didn't have um, a real good. Um, they weren't their parents were self indulgent. They gave them their own way, and I didn't see them opening up socially at all. They were very restrained in that regard. And I think some of that was because the parents might have either been one or the other, overly protective, or they might have um, given them too much of their own way. See, sometimes parents actually believe that if they give their child their own way, I know this sounds funny. (laughs) You were at one time a child, remember? If you get what you want, you're going to be happy and you're going to like me. We know that's the worst thing you can do, especially if the child is demanding, like for example, manipulation is, I need special treatment, meaning at night when I go to bed, you need to do what I want you to do, mommy and daddy, and I want special food, and I want special treatment, and it's just saying, you know what, this is what you're going to do, you're going to go to bed (laughs) at this time, and I'll do my little routine with you, but you're not going to stall, take my time away, you know, and put me in a position because you're being selfish and exploitive and you're actually using that to stall around because you don't want to go to bed or you don't like it because for whatever reason, you know, you're making up excuses and you're whining and you're crying and you want mommy to sleep with you in bed. That happens sometimes when there's a stormy night. We all know that. 
and kids get scared and they want to come in bed with mom and dad. We all know that. We're not talking about common sense, you know, just normal parenting things. You all know what I'm talking about. We're talking about a child who gets their own way and you are spoiling them and you're pampering them. It's hurting them. Please listen to me. Please listen to me right now. I have a sense the Lord has given me this word. So I want you to look at this now and be very careful that you are praying and praying for your children and praying for your grandchildren. And if you're going to be a mom or dad-to-be sooner, sooner than later, understand the will of the Lord. Look up all the scriptures you can find on prayer and praying and parenting and, and what the Bible says about how we're to treat one another and how you want to train up, admonish your children. That means you have to correct them. You have to sometimes, with some kids, tell them, no, this is how it's going to be. I mean, for me, it's just like drinking a glass of water. It's just so simple for me because I've been there and done it. But I remember the days when I was sweating it out and I was like really worried or I was really concerned over things that my son was doing or something that happened and I had no control over it. And I had to really go to the Lord in prayer. And I had to pray for him. I had to intercede for him often. And I had to ask the Lord, what can we do? We had to make some changes. And what do we need to do? You know, um, and there's a sacrifice in that, you know. But not always are we able to see it because we are in it at the time. You know what I mean by that? Like when you're in it and you're sweating it out. But please, please. Let's pray now, shall we, for children? And let's pray for your children and your grandchildren. So, Father, those of you who are on my call tonight or on this podcast tonight, I pray for each and every person that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that you would open up their heart and break in through the darkness. Holy Spirit, break in now in the name of Jesus. I take authority in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus that every single person on this call would be quickened to call to repentance right now because judgment is coming swiftly. And you know what? We need to be aware and awake and burning with the passion of the Lord. So Lord, let it be that the people listening will catch hold of your word and the scriptures I gave and take them to heart and are your word, Lord, and take them to heart. Bring a shift and a change this year in their lives and give them a seriousness and a and it says be sober because the days are evil and that they have a recognition their part as a parent. We can't blame anybody. We're not blaming it. We're responsible for our own lives. And Lord, let them know they have you. You are a helper. You're the one that comes alongside of them, Holy Spirit. You're the one who instructs them in how to be a good parent. You're the one that enlightens them. You're the one that lifts their burden. You're the one that gave us your life, Jesus, in exchange for our sinful lives. So we have a new life in you. Let us all look up now, Lord. Would you come, Lord, and be on this call and break into everyone's life now. May everyone that hears this word in Jesus' name receive freedom in the Holy Spirit and lay hold of this word and lift up your heart in thanksgiving and prayer. In Jesus' name, thanks for being on my call. I hope looking forward to hearing from you guys all on Tuesday night's call. Love you and bless you. Bye.